Kia ora and welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name is Jeremy Downing. I'm William Chen. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Katie Roos. Katie, welcome. Thank you. So Katie is a theatre practitioner, a lover of cinema, and in particular animation, which is very relevant for today's episode. So welcome, Katie. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Each month of Cinema in Context, we discuss two films, one current and one retrospective with some connection. It could be the same director, the same actor, or a similar theme. This month we are discussing the Lego Movie 2, the second part, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, the connection being that... Well, it's Phil, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. So they directed the first film and then they produced the second film. And I guess this is a discussion of their the oeuvre. oeuvre, <laughs> oeuvre. Um, William, do you want to give us a, a rundown of which film you choose? Uh, I can do Cloudy. Excellent. Give us a rundown okay, of Cloudy. So Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs came out 2009. Uh, it's an adaptation of a very well-known children's book. Uh, I would say adaptation, but really much more of an expansion. Uh, talking about the backstory of how one day in the town of Swallow Falls, food comes raining down from the heavens and how the townsfolk uh, deal with that stuff. Excellent. And Lego Movie 2, the second part. So clearly this is a sequel to the uh, previous Lego Movie, which I think sort of took the world by storm. I don't mm-hmm. think any, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, which I think is probably a theme of their films of Phil Lord and Christopher Miller's films they, they have these terrible ideas and <laughs> somehow make them work um, yeah so the second movie it's uh, it's done a pretty good job of being similar to the second film but taking some of the themes and some of the meta qualities of that world and, and taking an extra step further so it follows the story of Emmett the happy-go-lucky lead character played by Chris Pratt uh, and his band of Lego characters uh, as they fight against an alien invasion uh, in the form of Duplo from the system Sistar. And uh, some of the characters get captured by Queen Whatever Wanaba, yeah. uh, voiced by Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. And, yeah, he goes off and tries to save them. On the way, meets some other characters, and various events ensue. <laughs> That'll do. There we go. Uh, cool. Who else to start us off with either film? Oh, uh, I guess just talking about for you know for Lord and Chris Miller, or um, I, I do want to go back to the point you said of all where I think these two people have just spent a career like subverting expectations, whether it's within their movies, where I feel like a lot of their work, um, actually every single one of their movies, the theme to them has been about seeing something for what it isn't, which is really really interesting because that's also kind of how they work, it seems. Um, taking these these very, very strange treatments or things that, oh, this sounds like the worst thing on paper yeah. and making something golden out of it. And they, they've done it again and again and again on stuff that they've either, you know, written and uh, directed, for example, the first Lego movie uh, or their old TV shows. Like, have you guys seen Clone High, by the way? No. Only, only like a little bit. It is brilliant. Um, the one season show on MTV cancelled. That was their first, like, major stint on TV. Um, and even to, you know, latest stuff that they produced, I mean, on the podcast, we all talked about our, our love for Spider-Verse and amazing stuff, really, really amazing stuff. And I think that theme just runs through every vein of their work, which is really, really interesting. Well, let's start with Cloudy then. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, because I hadn't seen this film. Have you seen, had you seen it before? I thought I had seen it, but I think that I mustn't have because I, a lot of it was new to me. So if I did see it, it was a long time ago and maybe I only saw half of it. Mm. Um, it's, it's a really fun really fun movie um and i i remember watching it being really surprised at the start with the really sci-fi credits mm. the opening credits and being like oh what 
what's about to happen here? Um, which I really enjoyed that, that kind of look to it. I think it's a, it's a really fun story. Um, I mean, it has its, a couple of issues, but for the most part, it's, it's a really enjoyable concept as well. Like the idea that you can make food appear from water, whatever you want. All I wanted for like the first half hour was a massive cheeseburger. <laughs> I just kept wanting to eat cheeseburgers. It's, it is a cool idea, right? I mean, that's like all those things as a kid that you dream of, that, you know, you can just yeah. make whatever food you want appear from the sky. Yeah. It's like going to school and having a drinking fountain that has like lemonade. And, <laughs> and like, I'm sure that whenever we had like school council things as a primary school student, it was always like, we will have, we will have Coke from the lemonade fountain. Yeah. This is the promise that I make to you students. Pizza for lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Donuts every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms, in terms of the sci-fi credits, it reminded me of Be More Chill, which of course we oh, right. were involved in last year and we'll, we'll even saw. But there's that kind of like hint that something's going to be coming later on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it's got that whole sort of, it's a similar sort of trajectory. It's like great idea that is just incredibly destructive. And ends up taking over the world. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was surprised to have Anna Faris um, as the voice of... Yeah. Sam Sparks. Is it Sam Sparks? Yeah. She's so funny. Yeah. Her voice just got me straight away. I was like, no, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. And who's the voice of the main dude? I didn't Bill know. Bill Hader. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's one of those ones, and, and this is one of the things I love doing in animation anyway, is instantly, I can't help it, instantly on IMDb, who is this, who is this? Mm. And like, is that Andy Sandberg? Yes. Yeah. yes who is Andy Sandberg? Andy Sandberg. Um, was, um, baby. Ah, uh, of course. Yes. Buddy or whatever his baby name was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is, um, is it, what's it, that's a parody of, um, uh, what's that, that old 50s? It's the Pears ad, I think. With the kids' pants getting pulled off? Oh, the suntan lotion. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, maybe there's a few of them there. Well, yeah, because there was the Pears ad, which is the soap, and the, the little kid getting into the bath uh, and the bum showing. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a strange bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That, that, and then it just gets stranger from there. Yeah. Uh, I just been in terms of advertising. Like, what a strange oh, time yeah, of advertising. Yeah. Naked children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not right. I suppose it's because it's cute. But yeah. Yeah. Kids butts. Cute. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, so the film does get strange, which I, which I loved. So, um, yeah, what, what, are some of the, what are some of the issues then? Let's jump into that. What are you... Um, it was mainly around, I guess, the Sam Sparks character. Uh, it was a lot that it was... I felt it was trying to do a sort of a female positivity empowerment thing. It wasn't landing for me. And I, it, it kind of kept pulling me out of it more than going, oh, yes. So she's, you know, he's, he's trying to impress her all the time and she's not really on board. He tries to kiss her and she stops him, that kind of stuff. And it, the message is good, but I don't think that, that it was executed very well. And so she gave up being a, a nerdy kid to be pretty so that she would be accepted, which... Mm-hmm happens all the time um but to then go back to being herself it was glasses and ponytail back on as opposed to just embracing who she is with how she looks now as well um i don't know it, it i i get what they were trying to do but i think it, for me it wasn't so much a it, it didn't quite work the way that i think it was supposed to yeah. um because she still ended up changing who she is now to fit what she should be as opposed to just being herself it was it was a bit strange the glasses could have come back but i didn't think the ponytail needed to <laughs> i they were trying to i guess they're trying to play with um that trope of the glasses and the, and yeah. the hair the hair coming down and then the glasses oh, coming off and she's and so it, beautiful yeah it's kind of the opposite but i hear you like it's 
they're trying to they're trying to do something. I think actually, all I think about all the movies, they've often got the two male leads mm-hmm. and then the girl on the side that kind of she's the smartest person in the room. Yeah, but it's that whole kind of like sassy, sassy, kick-ass girl. I mean, what do you what do you think? Oh yeah, yeah, completely. I, I think with the Sam Sparks thing. The sequel um, doesn't do anything interesting with her, which right. is unfortunate. The Tale of the Chance Meeples 2 is, I think, probably the weakest of all these movies. Um, and Phil, uh, Lord of Miller, I, I don't think they wrote, or maybe they helped with the writing, but they definitely did, they, they didn't have that much of their you know their fingerprints on that thing. Right. Um, and it shows it's it's not um, it's not a very interesting trajectory overall. But I think what, what happens in the second one because uh, the food becomes sentient and there's all these food puns and there's there's like watermelon elephant I can't the kiwi fruit like little kiwi birds with kiwi bodies um it's really cute but it's it's pretty inconsequential so it's more a kids sequel as yes. opposed to oh, a continuation absolutely. of yeah. what is quite a clever story and I think now there's also a TV series on Netflix which is just real like you know bottom of the barrel right. kid stuff yeah which is unfortunate that's probably a good segue into Lego Movie Two part the second part oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, which I'm not convinced on that title. I know they're trying to. It's a pun. Like, it's, a, it's a. It's a pun. It is. It's a. It's a second part. It's a Lego part. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just yeah, like that, the, that the first land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first Lego movie. The original subtitle was the Peace of Resistance. Oh right. Uh, which is the piece de la. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be so lame. That's great. Yeah. I did, like, and I did not get there. And I just didn't. And I just kind of didn't. Even the joke of like being kind of a lame sequel title mm. just sort of didn't land for me. Yeah. But I was expect when I started watching the film, I got to the, sort of the second act and I was like, oh, this is boring. This is just like every other kid's film. And, oh, by the way, we need to warn, <laughs> we need to warn people that we are going to be spoilering these films. Full spoilers. I don't think we've said anything spoilerific so far. Not, Not really. only that cloudy. Yeah, but Which even is then, yeah. old, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have seen that. Uh, not that I had. <laughs> um, Katie keeps taking drinks of coffee and then almost spitting them out. You got to make sure that. <laughs> Be careful. Uh, anyways, what was I saying? Yes, Lego Movie Two, the second part. So I was sort of just not really loving it. Like I was enjoying the jokes. I loved the Mad, the Mad Max mm. reference. I loved the Aliens yeah. reference. But I was like, oh, this is kind of just a run of the mill story. And then they just sort of like it really surprised me. I don't know why I didn't expect it because it happened in the first film as well when the Will Ferrell character comes into it, and it's just got this whole meta quality that it's like all about play. Mm. And then when the My Rudolph character came into it, I was really impressed, and the whole thing. Our was Mamageddon. Sort of, yeah, yeah. I did not get that. <laughs> it, it, it took reveal. me a couple of them saying a couple of times saying, and I think about the third or fourth time they'd said Our Mamageddon. I'm like, Mum. I, I did not get it, which is good. It was a good reveal, and. Um, yeah, but that, it went from your run-of-the-mill kids' film to that next level yeah. of, okay, they're actually, you know, saying something here. And, I mean, the whole conversation about toxic masculinity um, with the Rex Danger Vest mm-hmm. and Emmett wanting to be him, and ultimately it was him, but, like, trying to be that version of a man and actually completely missing this whole other narrative that's going under going underneath. Yeah. And, and he ends up becoming... I mean, that's a pretty powerful... Yeah. Deconstruction of toxic masculinity. Yeah, and the, the whole concept of just be yourself. Don't try to change for anybody mm-hmm. else. Um, which it clearly is a theme between both of them, based on what I was saying before about the Sam Sparks character. Mm-hmm. Is is be yourself. Don't don't worry about what other people think and and be true to who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did love how Emmett in in this apocalyptic what was it Apocalypseburg yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
which by the way was the most awesome Lego setup I've ever seen. When the kid deconstructs it, I'm like, I want that in yeah. my house. And, and what a great reveal as well that it's like the adolescent mind, which I didn't yeah. get when it was happening until of course later on. Yeah. Like, oh, mm-hmm. perfect. Of course hers is princesses and his is, you know. Yeah. Um, but him being the only one who's still, everything is awesome and everybody else is all dark and war and all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> and he's just bouncing along super happy and not, not, having an issue at all like he's he's such a great character to have in the middle of all of that um and i came to a point really like about halfway through where i was really thinking is it the that the lego story is affected by the kids minds or the kids minds being affected by what's happening in the lego world like Ah, it it hit this point of i don't know which one's having more of an impact on what is it that this is happening because of the children or the children behaving the way they are because of their Legos. I don't, it, mm. it became a, a really kind of a, a mind bender for me because I, I mean, obviously who didn't play with Legos as kids and there were Lego sets that were a critical part of every single game that I played in my childhood, lots of imagination and stuff with my best friend was a kid and, you know, when we were in little Lego form, we had the fire station set up and this and that mm. and then we were in adult form and I don't know, hard to explain but... Um, <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, it was it was one of those really amazing things of what's in control here, what's actually kind of like the Toy Story thing. Are they alive? Yeah. Are they sentient? Well, it reminded me of Inside Out and how we've got the emotions and the girl and like who's like they're controlling the girl, but she's got her own story. Like it's it's a pretty impressive yeah dual story going on. Yeah, and I think they make they leave it vague enough for you to kind of you know, put your own, your own processes and your yeah. own thought behind, you know, what the heck is actually happening. Especially when uh, the Rex Dangerous character gets, uh, yeah, I mean, he re- reveals his dark backstory. And it's it's amazing. It's, <laughs> I mean, he gets, you know, lost underneath a dryer or the dry R system. <laughs> um, but then there's that amazing shot where you see the world from his point of view. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's what, like the passage of a couple of weeks and you see the kids and time lapse and how he's forgotten. But to him, it seems like an eternity. Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful melding of the two worlds um, and just really amazing filmmaking. Like, yeah. I really didn't expect that. I was really impressed with the reveal that he was him. Not, I mean, it was a great, it was a fine reveal. But because I was just for a moment like, what? Like, what? This is so confusing. And I'm like such a time travel <laughs> fan and i'm usually pretty pretty i think it was just the way that the film set up my expectations i didn't expect it to have a have a reveal like that mm-hmm. and so it was so satisfying when it went through how he how he became <laughs> who he became yeah um, but they do yeah. drop a little tidbit at the beginning where um the boy while he's playing it's like stop messing my stuff i'm crafting like a time travel narrative oh does he do yeah. that earlier on yeah yeah oh, cool i remember I that line that. yeah I missed that completely. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they, they do a really good job, these guys, at having that multiple layers of story going on. And it's quite different to, say, the Pixar model. The Pixar model, they will craft a story down to its absolute primal emotional beats mm. and then build a story from that. So it's got thematic layers, but it's, it's accessible for kids. Um, your DreamWorks films will often sort of pepper them with adult jokes. Yeah. I think jokes. DreamWorks has always more been, uh, been about the humour and the you know, moment-to-moment rather than the whole picture. Yeah, which apart from Shrek, yeah. I've never really appreciated. Oh, How to Train Your Dragon is great, but that kind of leans away from that, of Yeah, course. that's more that Pixar, obviously yeah. more Pixar route. And then this is just something quite different, like where it's... It's self-referential. It's sort of playing with the pieces. Yeah. Sometimes they don't always land, but um, with the character of um, 
Sparks. Uh, what's her name? Sam Sparks. Sam Sparks. Clearly, she lived in a prison. Uh, but, I mean, I love Anna Faris. That's why she Yeah, awesome. and, and she, I think she's a, she's a really, really funny character. Yeah. Just her delivery. Um, so, some of the stuff, like, when they're on the pier, like, it, it takes... What is a really trite setup, you know? Oh, the emotional pep talk, and then it turns into something just bonkers when yeah. she kicks him in the eye. I know, it's like Looney <laughs> <Tunes. laughs> yeah, It's okay, it's just paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, let's let's look at the other films. So we've got Twenty One Jump Street and Twenty Two Jump Street, oh. which were just. I mean, have you seen... Have you seen I've seen 21 Jump Street. Brilliant. Yeah, that surprised me with how much I enjoyed that. And the second one is just as good. Right. The second one is just... It's the most meta movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Brie like, Larson, isn't it? Is yeah, it? yeah, that's is right. Is it Brie Larson? Uh, she's in the, the first one, one. yeah. It's the... It's the yeah, the, the, the reveal of who the baddie is in that film is one of the greatest <laughs> moments of reveals. I don't want to... Yeah. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, I guess spoilers for 22 Jump Street, but... The entire movie is about how this movie shouldn't exist. Right. Oh, and it's just, it's a movie about sequelitis. It's a movie about how comedy sequels suck. And this is why they suck, because we're doing it right yeah. now. So that's okay. all a reference yeah. to their job. You know, yeah. this, is, this is why we never do a second, a second what do yeah. they call it, project or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right, I forgot about that. And so the, the, oh, I, I shared it with you yesterday, Jeremy, but the... The, the, the sequence, the credit sequence of 22 Jump Street is just, it's balls to the wall, amazing. Um, and it's so cynical, but in such a loving way. So they go through every single iteration of sequels that they yeah. could. So they go 23 Jump Street, 24 Jump Street. <laughs> right. They go to like 30, 30 Jump Street. And then by it's the like 2021 20, Jump Street. Yeah, <laughs> very fun. And then, of course, when they were considering making a sequel to 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, I was like, "What are they going to do? They've already done it all in the in the, in the credits." But their plan was to do a Men in Black crossover, crossover right? Which never came. Yeah. Which there's a new Men in Black film coming out. Yeah, so Men in Black International with Tessa Thompson and yeah, I've heard about Chris that. Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. So cool cast. Right. So yeah. So I mean, they're, they're definitely very talented at taking bad ideas and yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they do it because <laughs> Spider Verse as well is not yeah. a good idea on paper. Yeah. Like let's put a whole different Spider Man into a film. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, and such like disparate, you know, backgrounds and art styles, and somehow it's it's magic. <laughs> and the same with Lego Movie, like when that, like I said at the start of my spiel, who thought that was going to be a good film? Yeah, a movie about Lego. How how can you yeah. possibly do that? It's going to be an advert. And it's going to be really crass yeah. and you know money grabbing. And it is all of those things yeah. because I want every piece of <laughs> yeah. that's on there. Yeah. Like all those brilliant little moments in the animation when Emmett's building something and you see all the piece numbers. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's, they they're completely embracing what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely well done. Can we talk about how brilliant the just the character animation is for the Lego Movie Part Two? Like Queen, whatever I want to be. Holy Wanabra, moly! Wanabra. Well, Wanabra. Wanabra. Yeah. <laughs> I I was just blown yeah. away, um, and we've never seen anything like this. It's like it's like someone took a stop motion Play Doh character and made made it into something tangible and plastic and fixed. But then every I want to say like every five seconds she takes another form that's unique and yeah. never comes up again in the entirety of the movie. Mm. Yeah. Um, and how do they do that? I, I guess it's with algorithms and with. You know, it was, it's, it's, it's all CGI, years. isn't it? They've yes, they just yes. dropped the frame rate, so it looks like so it looks, and they they added stuff like dust and thumbprints, and the, it's wow. really cool. Um, but just the technology behind the, the filmmaking is nuts. Yeah, like, yeah. 
Man. And and she's a great character as well. Like her song. Firstly, I loved that it was a musical as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I didn't see that coming. Um, and Wild Star was like, wait, are we in the musical? <laughs> My friend <laughs> walked in when I was watching. She was like, is this a musical? I was yeah. like, I don't know. It is now. Yeah. Right. Great. Um, but her song was great. And the whole, I'm not evil. Oh. I'm not here to do anything evil, yeah. I promise, I swear. Like, you're completely with Wildstyle at that point of, yeah, clearly you are evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It was extremely well done. And, yeah, the, the animation of that character was really outstanding. But then that's the brilliance of all of the animation. Like, even the fight that Emmett and Rex have under the dryer. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's... It's just chests, and then it's just yeah. clicking hands because that's all Lego people can do. They can't punt, ball up their fists and have a punch on yeah. it. Was exactly how you play fight yeah, with yeah. Legos uh, as a kid, and it, it, it's genius stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I love those musical. For me, the songs weren't as good as yeah. they could have been. Like I, compared to everything, is awesome in the first film. Like it was great, and even that song. Um, that's supposed to get stuck in your head. Oh, like, yeah. I vaguely remember it. But... This song's gonna get stuck inside you. Yeah. This song's gonna oh, yeah, get yeah, stuck yeah, inside yeah. you. It worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, that was definitely the highest point. But even that, like, I was like, oh, you know, like it could have been better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. Were the Lonely Island guys involved in this? Yes. Film? And did you stay for the credits? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they they worked with Beck for the credit song and uh, um, Robin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah featuring that's right. Robin and the Lonely Island oh, that did the credits, wow. and okay. so that they were singing about you know check out these names in the credits. It's like yeah, yeah. The, the people who edit the credits are the best people in the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's an excellent song, yeah. um, and that actually was interesting because I had I watching Cloudy. I didn't love the final credits. It was such mm. a oh the song was weird. The song was, was weird. The animation was weird. Oh, I actually love the final credits. I, I just felt going from the opening credits in that really sci-fi feel yeah. to essentially classic animation and then into this really weird I, it, I don't it was know, very I, Terry Gilliam-esque and yeah. uh, like I mean one of the aspirations is obviously Yellow Submarine because they, they there's a direct uh, callback right. to it yeah uh, with them dressed up in the Sergeant Pepper's outfits I guess I, I just didn't feel it worked in the vibe of the rest of it and mm. then watching the Lego movie credits I'm like well somehow these are excellent these are the perfect credits uh, yeah. um, and it was a really interesting how, how different I'd felt about the, the two sets oh. of credits even my, my, my issue was the song but my issue was more of like a completely technical issue and I need to ask you guys so I watched it on Netflix and there were like moments where I felt like there should have been text on the screen for the different actors and there wasn't. Oh, and then there was supposed to be. There wasn't, and I could. And so, also, every character, like when you know, two D Flynn is on, it's like Bill Hader, yeah. and Anna Faris. The, the words weren't there. Oh, and really? I was like, I'm sure that's like a perfect place for yeah. the words, and like, clearly it's all the different characters. You know how they always do the different characters. Do you know what? Maybe that was my issue because I watched it on Netflix as Wait, well. Yeah. Were, the, I, were the placements there like the little placard? There was just like and, a little placard, or there's like a banner, but they, uh, it was there's oh. no names. I was like, well, this feels like a missed opportunity. <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> And then I tried to turn the subtitles on, and then I watched the whole credits to see their names, because I wasn't sure if it was Anna Faris or not. Uh, I watched the whole credits, and then the no actors' names came up. I'm like, huh. I'm sure that would have been in the, t- in the end title sequence. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. And, and yeah. it's, it's really cute, and... Uh, oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, maybe that's part of my issue with the credits as well, <laughs> maybe, maybe is that I'm watching uh, this 2D animation and being like, why is this happening? Yeah, yeah. The weirds were missing. Yeah. Do you guys think it's, um, it's a like, localization issue? Like, so, I know on the DVD, if you switch to different languages, it comes up with different languages during the bits, right? Uh, and if you watch it, uh, like, some streams of it uh, will have all the text missing. Well, that's what that's what happened. That's, 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 that's what happened. That's what happened. All this text was oh, missing. Okay. Some of the the technical people were there, but yeah. the but why would the names be different? Yeah, that's yeah because it's bizarre. 
even in different, in different languages, languages they're going to have still, the same name it's still their name it's <laughs> Bill Hader like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow um, there we go. So that was that was my oh. issue with the group. I just realised as well when we were talking that the Lego Movie two parts two second part two sequel tracks again. Mm-hmm. Um, that the in the first film it was like one big kind of moving barrel, mm. and this one you had the two different moving barrels. And yeah, because it's the second movie, uh, and it's thematic because it's all about things coming together. It's right? all, yeah, it's also the boy and the girl yeah. and the, everyone holding the hands in the end. And, and then yeah. at the end, they um, the, the first one they got. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Lego fan, so <laughs> uh, I'm wearing a Lego t-shirt right now. Yeah, um, but this. the the first movie they they had a lot of fan submissions for like fan creations that should be in the movie, and you see glimpses of the footage of yeah, the fan films, I saw that, yeah. which is really cute. And the second one, they got fan submissions of like siblings building together. Yeah, uh, and in, in the credits, there's all these fan submitted photos of different pairs of siblings and yeah. creations, and it's really, really adorable. It is, yeah. and there's some really cool creations yeah. in there too. Oh, wow. <laughs> is the film doing well in the box office? No, no, no it's really? such a shame. What's happened? I, I, maybe it's just uh, franchise fatigue. Because I know the last Lego movie, Ninjago, did not do well. Right, uh, and this is doing better, but because uh, Lego Batman did really well. Yeah, but yeah. I wonder if they'd not done those two movies and Lego Movie 2, I would have been a bit more excited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a shame because I think it deserves more attention than it's yeah. getting. Like, I didn't even really know if it was, people were like, has oh, it come? Has it gone? Like, has, it, <laughs> has the advertising budget just not been very good? I don't know. I think the title sucks. I'm just going to say <laughs> again, I really think this title has a lot to say for, <laughs> like, it's a joke that I even I don't think like we're saying doesn't land. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get it. I can't even remember it properly. We know <laughs> how, this many, whole podcast. how many different ways have you said it? <laughs> um, like I really like the power of a name is, you know, it's it's very mm. powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Here's me talking about how yeah. good to articulate yourself. I can't even do it myself. <laughs> how good to articulate? Yeah. Like, I, I'm a good speaker. Uh-huh. Can we go back a little to um, when you guys were talking about the themes and like toxic masculinity? Mm. Um, just to go going back to that a little bit, um, I felt like that's that theme is so potent and so powerful. Mm. Um, and it, it, in the movie, I think it presents itself in a way that is really layered as well. Yeah, because um, watch I, I watched the movie again um, for for the podcast. And did you guys pick up, or, or was it just me? Like, this is a movie about the DCEU, isn't it? Yeah. The- about, like, Justice League and Superman and how, you know, after Wonder Woman, we're moving into a more hopeful direction. And it, am I wrong in saying that this is taking direct pot shots at Warner Brothers and what they've done to Superman and ah. how everything's dark and gritty? And I, how- I don't know that I... I- took that from it but as you say it that is making a lot of sense because obviously the dc is dc is heavily represented in it as well um and also aquaman the only one voiced by yeah, the actual jason actor <laughs> jason I, love it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's that specific i think mm. it's more about how we define heroism and leadership mm. and how it's just so so ingrained in superhero films well the DC ones, which are just generally crap. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, they're just generally really average and boring. And I think Marvel, you know, they're just doing such a better job at, at playing with those kind of ideas. Uh, but I, I think it's just more in general. I mean, you think about all of those characters that Roger Dangerfest is playing. Yeah. They're all Chris, <laughs> Chris Pratt's characters from the last five years. Yeah. You know? Like that's... Oh, down to the dinosaurs on yeah. the ship. Oh, oh. I love that that became <laughs> a huge bit. Like, raptors... Be- oh... 
And, and when he described himself about these are chiseled jawbones under a layer of, of puppy a, fat. Puppy like, yeah. <laughs> so good. And I love that he voiced both characters. Yeah. And have you seen uh, the Onion the Onion film review? And he does the Jurassic World film review. And he sort of says something like, um, you know, it's a satirical, satirical review. And he says, I, I enjoyed the film, but I, I just feel very disappointed that they didn't have subtitles for the dinosaurs. <laughs> I think I would have been known much more what was going on. And then he adds in the subtitles, and the subtitles are named things like, I'm hungry, yeah. let's go kill that person, you know? Yeah. And, it, and they kind of pull from that with the raptors. The yeah. raptors yeah. just say yeah. the most mundane, boring things. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a very funny thing. And so uh, is the movie saying that everything that Chris Pratt has done since Parks and Recreation is is not, you know, it's it's not the right direction for his career? I, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it is because it's working for him, but there's a lot to say about the types of characters that he's been playing. Mm, yeah. And, and just that definition of leadership. Yeah. I mean, I love, love, love that moment where um, Dangerfest says... Ah, oh, just pick a star and go confidently. Yeah. That's leadership. Yeah. You know, like, this. what a great... And I mean, to be honest, that's a lot of people's concept of leadership is just being charismatic, going ahead. Just be confident with what yeah. you've done and it was the right decision. And it's yeah. a very white male, you know, corporate... Yeah. It's that whole thing of, like, um, uh, you know... Those CEO roles attract the most psychopaths. Oh, I'm instantly yeah. thinking of Alec Baldwin in, in 30 Rock. Like, that's yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. how he operates. <laughs> I mean, I probably think it's more of a dig at the current administration than oh, yeah. over, over um, superheroes. Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. That and also, like, I would say just fandom of all. It seems like... Uh, well, let's, let's talk about the Trump thing first. Yeah. Which... Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Good, uh, goodbye, half of America. <laughs> all you listeners who are listening out there. So I think a movie too, at, at least the, the first half... Oh, actually, both halves... Um, it's totally about Trump, isn't it? Like, yeah. it, it's about how the world is a pretty crappy place. And the, you know, after the end and what, I mean, Lucy's arc overall is realizing that you don't need to be cynical and you don't need to, you know, to it's lose lovely, yeah. and to give up even when the world around you has mm. and is, is, you know, literally on fire. <laughs> And how she rallies everyone together is saying, you know, everything's not awesome, but oh. that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. It's beautiful. I oh did love the everything's not awesome yeah. song. I was really critical, and you know from my review, I was really mm-hmm. critical of the Lucy arc, but I hadn't considered that. That's a really lovely arc. For, I didn't, didn't, didn't realise that. The whole the revelation of her not being cynical, and yeah. she starts off as the brooding yeah. Mad Max. <laughs> the bitter, the bitter drink, that yeah. will, the only thing that will sustain me. <laughs> Coffee, you know. But you know you're right, and I think um, that's a, that's a great lesson in, a, in an age where the age of outrage, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And how we've just it's not helpful to be so so angry and to, <laughs> to be isolated as well. I think in, in both. Sorry, I, I have notes here about this. Mm. Um, just watching Cloudy again and watching Lego Movie Two in, in close succession. I, I think a thing that really rings through through both of these movies, and I guess through most of Lord of Miller's stuff, is is the theme of community. Mm. Um, and how oftentimes the goodies are inherently good because they have people to lean on, and yeah. because there's 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 real teamwork. Like mm. in, in Cloudy, you know, the the mayor is the bad guy because he's selfish, and yeah. even even suppose the villains like Baby Brent, like they get redeemed because they end up 
finding purpose. Yeah, and working uh, together. And yeah, even if you know others. it's a living chicken man, but <laughs> <laughs> which I love, which is horrifying. No, I, no, I liked it. I was so about. It. I, I love that that aliens that aliens reference. Oh, aliens too, with all the chickens like on the ceiling, and then one oh, of them just true, eats yeah. them. I mean, there was. I, I love the aliens reference in in Lego Movie Two with the Marines going into the into the the sack the egg sack. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, like, yeah. It was them going into that weird Diplo. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. The weird vines coming down. Yeah, yeah. Um, Clearly, they love aliens. But but yeah, like there's just and in Spider Verse as well. You know, it's all about you know what what we gain from each other. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I just uh, so guys, I, I have a list here of children's films in the last couple of years that have done a terrible job of this and have messages that I, I go and watch these because I love animation. It's like, what, what are you doing? To, what are you doing? Yep. So Hotel Transylvania, um, all three of them. They're brilliantly animated. And yet the theme is all about like love at first sight. And yep. if you have a spark, you know, that, that, and it's so toxic everything. and obnoxious. Yep. And, oh, bad. Uh, Ice Age 2, 3, and 4 <laughs> is about heterosexual relationships and how everything's better if you you are in a couple and if you have kids. Yeah. Uh, gross. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> Despicable Me 2, I, I think the first one has a pretty good message about non-traditional families. Yeah. The third one is about sibling rivalry and getting... Uh, I, I, I like 1 and 3. I, I think they're good, you know, they're, they're good positive messages. Mm-hmm. Which makes it all the more galling when the second one... Have you guys seen this film? No. Yeah. Oh, maybe I have? I don't know. Is it the one with the Mexican yes. character? Yeah, it's pretty racist. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's the whole, the whole arc for Gru is um, the youngest daughter, Agnes. The, 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 the whole of the first movie is like, you know, daddy, oh, you know, you are dad. And, yeah. you know, oh, you, you are my daughters. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one, <laughs> she's like, dad... What's a mommy? Yeah. And the whole movie is about like you need a mother and a family yeah. for it to be a proper family. Like disgusting. It's <laughs> what the whole point of that first one. Yeah, was. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I come to my the, the crux of the stupid rant, <laughs> which is the Secret Life of Pets slash Peter Rabbit. Now, <laughs> both of these movies are so hedonistically violent. And what is the theme of both of the... It's about violence. It's about getting your goals because you are a dick and because <laughs> you are selfish. Peter, Peter Rabbit is a obnoxious little thing. And it's not just him. Um, Farmer McGregor, who, you know, he's the antagonist yeah. in the box and in the movie... He's just as bad. Yeah. And it's, it's about the two of them trying to kill each other. That, that's what Peter Rabbit is about. It's not cute. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> And Secret Life oh, of Pets. No, that was amazing. Oh, sorry, you got it. Oh, it's still oh, going. It's still going. It's, 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 Secret Life of Pets. Epilogue. It's, it's like every single character is Peter Rabbit. And they're just, they're in it for themselves. Mm. It's all about pratfalls and violence and selfishness. And, you know, how you can win and how you survive and prosper in the society where everyone's just nasty to each other. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's some really, really... I, I don't have kids... But I will not be showing my kids these movies when I do have kids. Yeah, far out. <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I get really, really frustrated when there is films that their messages, you know, <clears throat> just go for your dreams. Yeah. You know, do whatever you can. Nobody, don't listen to anybody. And I'm like, well, no. There's like, there's like a healthy, <laughs> there's a healthy mixture of like, you know, you should care about what the people you care about think of you. You know, yeah. that's my thing. It's like, don't care about what randoms or you know. 
But your family and your friends, like, they care about you and they're going to, you should listen to them sometimes. Which I think is excellently displayed in the two films we're talking about today. Cloudy, the the dad, I'm obsessed with the dad in Cloudy. Oh my gosh, I forgot about him. He's a wonderful character. He is so wonderful. Like, right from the start, you know that even though he doesn't understand his son, he just wants the best for him. When he turns it into, um, what was it, Tim and Son's? Uh, the bait and tackle, and tackle. Yeah. and he's he's put the sun the sign of and sons up there and looks at him and goes, "Are you feeling it?" Like he's <laughs> so happy that his son has come to work with him because he loves him so much and he cares for him, mm. and he doesn't want him to fail at life, which is why he wants him to give up mm. science because mm. it's not working and he wants him to succeed, and it's beautiful. And then the whole way through, him just not being able to express himself, yeah. and they put the monkey thought translator. I, I cried. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I really thought I've right up. <laughs> I really thought that he was going to explain to his dad how to send an email via fish uh, by fishing puns. That's ah, what I thought he was going ah, to do. That would have been cute. <laughs> and then the, the translator at the end was lovely. But I also love that the fate of the world rested on a dad's <laughs> ability to send an email. Like who hasn't had to talk their parents through? No, you just click on it and click and drag. Click it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, mum. <laughs> But did, doesn't he see the cat meme? He yeah, yeah, the cat meme. Like the power. So it's, it's just, it's so, it's such a brilliant little moment of, and the look on the dad's face when he's asked to send the email, is just the sheer terror of, of having to do that. It's, it's a beautiful moment. I tell you what, one of the things that surprised me about this movie, and it shouldn't have because it's, it's you know, Phil Lord or Christopher Miller, is how it starts off so pedestrian, and then this the climax is Epic, like it's huge. Like you've got that that spaghetti and meatballs tornado, and you've got the thing in space. And I think all of these movies, like you think about the end of Spider Verse, which is one yeah. of the most amazing visual sequences oh. I've ever seen in film. It is phenomenal. Have you mm. seen it? No, I haven't. You've got to go. Yeah, everybody's telling me it's amazing. It's so good. And their movies, they just they're epic, and they but they earn their mm. they earn their endings. Yeah. Um, and that was the case with Cloudy, and um, also the case with. I'm trying to think what the ending is. The Lego movie too. I guess the Lego, the, the Lego movies. It's that meta quality, isn't yeah. it? Like you earn yeah. the, the you earn the dual story. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the big ending. And the you know the the, the siblings coming together and, and finding a way to work together, playing like, outside. Yeah, to get our mum's rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I love how Wolf Arrow is uh, literally phoning in his performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean, going back to Cloudy, the. The, the amping up of the stakes is, is I think, one of the joys of that movie. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, they they just have such a a fine takedown of all these disaster movies. How he has a dangometer. It's like, oh, that's not, never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, and, and the setup of the film was so beautiful. Because so much of what happens in Act 3 and Act 4. Oh, act, I love four-act movies. Um <laughs> Is it's all set up like all his inventions? Yeah. The fact that he has a spray on shoes, it's yeah. set up, and Steve's playing with it, and the monkey and thought translator, the monkey thought translator, the, the flying car, all that yeah. stuff. You're right. You're yeah. right. Every everything mattered that he had made. It, mm. it was all useful. It was all good. It just was not the intention. That it's whole, not what it was built yeah. for. That whole reincorporation is so satisfying. Mm. And when you when you feel like things that are just fun jokes when they come back in, yeah, yeah I, I love that. Did you guys realize that the the first shot of Flint when he uh, but before the credits like shoot off into the distance, 
And when he, you know, he's like, then I realized, and that's a shot when he has the epiphany at the very end of the movie where how to defeat the, the machine, the fuzzlefer, is to use the, <laughs> the, the, the spray on shoes. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean the first shot? The very first shot before the opening credits where you see his face and it's all day glow colors. Oh. And that's when he has the epiphany oh, at no. the very, very end. It's such oh. a beautiful like, symmetry thing. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Those brown shoes, the fact that he still had them as an adult was such a great bit. Yeah, well. it's, ho- it's horrifying. And it's yeah. just that's, you know, does he still have them in the next movie? Yeah, he does. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he's literally never taken off his oh, shoes. That's disgusting. I'm, I'm sure that your feet, how could your feet be okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't. They'd be shrilled. They'd be, they'd be, oh man. I mean, your toenails would probably break it's through, wouldn't Probably the only thing that I struggled with was the fact that he was still wearing the same shoes as a kid. Oh no, they've got to come off. <laughs> I also love how in, in Cloudy the, the themes are so, I mean, they're, they're portrayed in a way that's so on the nose mm. where, um, where, you know, when they're kids in the flashback, like um, the, the Andy Samberg character is like, ooh, he wants us to be smart, but that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such excellent kid teasing as well. Yeah. Like it was such a lame statement that he made, but that's what kids do. What was the four eyes joke? Oh, well? um, brilliant setup for the yeah, joke. What was that? It was where, you know, in Sam's backstory, she's obsessed with the weather as a kid. And then the kids made fun of her just for her glasses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've got the four eyes. Yeah. You can see good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. How was it as a scientist? Um, oh, I, I, I really. I, I mean, it's obviously really pro STEM. Um, yeah, I, I love how they talk about the genetic. Uh, what was it genetic mutation of water molecules? Which, yeah, is that a thing? Oh, yeah, water has genes, you know. <laughs> water can be getting more water. Could you could you uh, zap it with radioactive waves and create a hamburger? I mean, according to the movie, I would say unequivocally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that seals it. That's science, right? Yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema in Context. If you enjoyed our podcast, then please share it with your film-loving friends. You can listen to Cinema in Context through SoundCloud or through Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on Twitter or YouTube, which are great places to let us know what you think of this episode or give us suggestions for future films to discuss and compare. Look out for our next episode in a month's time. And until then, kakete anō.